Hello everyone, good evening, Charlotte here for Top Tip Tuesday. I'm so sorry I'm a few minutes late for this evening's session. Uh, the past few days um, have been so crazy at home, I don't know where the time has gone. So um, it's all been really, really mad, so sorry that I'm late this evening. Hi Joe. hello everybody. Hi, good evening. And... Um, I was saying that we're going to talk about this evening about creating a workshop at home and this is a workshop good evening Andrew and we are talking about creating a workshop at home for our preschoolers um, you may have seen on my feed two days ago and last Thursday I um, put on a video and an explanation of um, the workshop that I have created on our terrace for the children. My children are five and a half, or just over five and a half, and three and a half, almost three and a half. And um, I've put on the terrace for them um, planks of wood, screwdrivers, pliers, hammers, nails, a really big saw and um, uh, a sanding toy, sanding paper, but a sort of wrap around a block so it's easy for them to sand with. And it really made me think that, um, and it was really the reason that I put it together is that they have just are so interested in mending things. Whenever we have a maintenance team here, they are obsessed. Whenever anyone's mending anything in our corridor, they're they're here in our apartment block. They're absolutely obsessed, and they really love it. And and um, they're both trying to always mend things at home and make holes in the wall and what have you. So they're really, really interested. Both of them are in this. So what I wanted to do is find a way to support them with this so that they're not going to um, damage anything at home. Um, but also so it's real work. So it's not pretend. They're not pretending to bang a hole in, in the wall. They need to do it for real. And these are all gross motor skills and fine motor skills combined. And um, the reason that these are so important is that it's just part of the, the breadth of the range of skills that young children need. Um, one thing, I mean, one of our, our things we always think about when we get to schooling is um, the ability to, to write, um, reading and writing and those things. And all of these um, activities that we do in the early years actually lead up to that. There's not one thing that will make your child um, have the hand-eye coordination and the fine motor skills and the gross motor skills um, in order to uh, read and write. There's a whole su uh, succession of things that build up to this. So the workshop is something that you will see. A workshop, as you saw on my feed, is, um, is something that, that you will see in uh, Montessori classrooms all over the world for the older children, for the four, five, six-year-olds. Um, Waldorf, I know, has a strong um, emphasis on um, this all around the world, and there's probably many other classrooms in different cultures that have these type of the, these type of um, activities, this real work. Um, for example, something like sanding, when they're going this type of motion, that's really important for crossing the midline, and that's something that balances um, the left and the right hem hemispheres of the brain. So that's really really important. Um, and obviously hand-eye coordination for hammering and using a screwdriver and things like that. So 
And this is why it came about. They had a really strong interest. I'd seen it in the classroom before in my classroom in Cape Town. I knew it was, uh, I knew it was possible and I wanted um, to do it. There's some really amazing workbenches you can have here, um, handmade, I'm sure, wherever you all are in the world. Um, but I didn't have, I don't have the budget to buy one of these pre-made workbenches. So we went to the DIY shop and I got everything that we needed and we set it up outside. Um, it, uh, as I said, it may seem scary, you know, a three-year-old Harry soaring in the video very, very uh, um, intensely and accurately with, with a lot of concentration. And it may seem scary, but it really isn't. Um, and it's all in the preparation. As I said at the beginning, there's all of these skills that build up to the stage where our children are writing and are ready for formal work. And the, the preparation for this starts with the activities, the preparation that we give them in the early years. So for Piccolini, it's a toddler. From when they're walking, that means that their hands are free for work. So for a Piccolini, a toddler, you can start doing food preparation from them at a very, very young age. You know, 12 months, 13 months, they can start, um, they can start slicing a banana that you've peeled for them or half peeled for them at that age. All you just need is the correct tools. You know, with a, with a bread and butter knife, you can, um, they can start doing that at 13, 14 months, even younger, you know, eight months. Harry was cutting and doing food preparation very, very young from when he was sitting at six, seven months. But just because he was doing it with Olivia, he saw Olivia preparing her snack every day. So it's just having them in an environment that gives them the opportunity to do that rather than can they or do they not have the skills? They're going to learn. Can we do it safely? Yes, we can do it safely. And um, providing those tools. And so after your bread and butter knife, your very blunt knife, you can move to something a bit sharper so they can do something like cucumber, for example, again, or melon. Watermelon is a brilliant one for children to cut. What you need is just a small board like this. This is Ikea, um, this board. And then this knife um, is a two-handed knife. I think it's, it's a, um, one for crinkle-cut potatoes or carrots or something like that. And the point of this for a piccolini is that you show them how to cut with two hands. So what they're cutting has to be flat on the board, so you can't give them anything that's going to roll around. And they cut it with two hands, so the fingers aren't in the way of the blade. When you're, um, I'm going to go down a bit down a rabbit hole here, but I'll, I'll come back, I promise. When you're showing a child how to use a knife, you, you show them the different parts. This is the blade. This is sharp. This is the handle. This is where you hold. You don't touch the blade. This is sharp. And say that, and then show them how to cut. Um, and you're going to have to reinforce that every time that you, you do that work with them. Um, so you're giving them these opportunities from a very young age to um, do these tasks that are very important for themselves and all of their um, <laughs> and all of their uh, um, and all of their development. But this it empowers them and gives them independence and all of these other things. It gives them a sense of capability and confidence. All of those other things that are so so important. But we're thinking about skills broadly, you know, what can they do for themselves? Your next knife that you can give is uh, to your preschooler is a knife like this. If you're in the UAE, this can be built, um, bought from Tavola Shop. It is, um, sorry, it's at Tavola Shop on Instagram and their website is tavolashop.ae, tavola.ae. Um, this is an Opinel, a French brand, and this is great because it's got a little hole here. That the child can put their finger in as their as a guide and obviously again keeps the fingers away from the blade again this is the blade this is the handle this is sharp we cut here we hold here say that um when when they're getting used to it 
So when you've done all this preparation work and your child is used to handling things that could be dangerous unless it's done safely, when they're used to that type of language, um, when, they're, when you see that they're doing the... Um, uh, they're doing these 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 skills. They're using these skills. They're able to cut. Um, they are preparing their own snack for themselves. Then, when you've done all that build up, then you can start moving towards something like the workshop. You're not going to be able to get them straight into hammering if they've not done any of this preparation work. And they're not going to be able to saw safely or hammer safely or use pliers or any of these things safely unless you've done this preparation work. And this is so, so important in the early years. Um, and part of food preparation helps with eating, um, often with picky eaters, a way, to involve, uh, a way to get them to eat more is to involve them. So there's a whole breadth of things that are, that are important here that are all entwined and all um, interlinked. So with your workshop, um, what you do is um, you take it step by step. So the first, I, as I said, literally I went to Ace Hardware here in Dubai and I got some planks of wood and some basic small tools, so a small screwdriver, um, small pair of pliers, small hammer, small um, sanding block, um, yeah, two different types of screwdrivers, the Phillips one and the flathead, um, and set them all out on the on the dresser outside, and they just they just got stuck in. I didn't put the saw out initially because I wanted to do a separate presentation on the saw. Um, and they started hammering and they started screwing, bearing in mind that they're used to using these tools. Um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, bearing in mind they're used to using these tools, so I didn't need to give them any direction with hammers and screwdrivers and um, things like that. They know exactly what they're doing. And we spent a lot of time just banging in the nails and then pulling them out with pliers, banging in and pulling out, pulling, uh, banging in and pulling out. Harry particularly loved the sanding. Um, Harry is very uh, active and boisterous, and he's very physical. So I think for him, you know, doing doing uh, doing this sanding really, really, really worked for him. And actually, Olivia and him had an argument over the weekend. And after the argument to cool down, Olivia went out and did some really vigorous sanding um, to sort of release all of the anger she had, which was really, which was really lovely to see. Um, so introduce the tools, um, either one by one or a couple at a time. You want to make sure that they can handle what they have at that time before you move on to the next one. So your screwdriver, two types of screwdriver, show them how to do that to screw and unscrew. Show them how to use the pliers. Um, in the workshop, you're going to have some basic ground rules. Everyone needs to be clothed and you need to have shoes on, closed shoes on. Flip-flops aren't, obviously aren't going to be um, any use from a safety perspective. So you, those, are the, those are the rules. And then my third rule that I added in terms of ground rule was that, um, and when we went through and we set up the workshop, and we did it all together. It wasn't something that was a surprise. It was something that we did all together so they could see the, the, the seriousness of, you know, of the work. They could see, and, and I hope that they also understood that level of trust that I had. I was imbuing that level of trust that I had for them, that I were giving them things that could be dangerous unless they're going to be used safely. Um, so all of that plays into it, this energy of um, this, is, this is serious and this is serious work. And the other ground rule I had, other than clothes and shoes, is I made it very, very clear that these, the, this is real work and, this, uh, and safety is the absolute priority here. So if there is any messing around with any of these tools, then I am going to have to remove them to keep everyone safe. 
And that was very, very clear on, very, very strict on. And I haven't had to do that yet. Um, but I won't hesitate in doing so if I need to, you know, to keep everybody safe. Um, and then on the second day, I introduced the saw. And um, with the saw, my ground rule is that I need to wear gloves when using it. And it's all gone really, really smoothly. They absolutely love it. They're engaged for a long time doing it. Um, and you can see them using the, the, the whole body movements. You can see them engaged in it and concentrating, using the hand-eye coordination, all of these things, all of these skills that we're looking to grow. And it's, um, I might add that everything in my environment is completely child-led. They do what they want to do, what they need to do. It's not like, oh, now we're going to use the workshop. If they want to, they can do that, as long as they're suitably attired and, uh, and have the correct footwear on. Yes, they can go and do the workshop they can do whatever they like at any time so it's self-chosen and then they will work on the workshop and then they'll come in and do something else um excuse me for a moment i'll just take a drink of water so there's a couple of things to um uh, so think about with your with setting up your your workshop. Obviously, you've gone through your stages before to ensure that they're comfortable with things like using a knife, and um, they've got those fine gross motor um, fine motor skills. I beg your pardon. Um, if, for example, they're at a stage where they're still cutting themselves a lot when they're preparing a snack, then obviously you're going to really, really want to limit the tools you give in the workshop. You're not going to be giving them a saw. You're not going to be giving them a big hammer. You're not going to be giving them something that one, might, they might hurt themselves with, but two, is going to take away their confidence. So it's something that we need to um, supervise, of course. We need to be right there. And it's just really observing and knowing your child. What can, what can they do? What level? Hello, everyone who's joined. What can they do at the moment? Um, what level are they at? How can we take them to the next level? In child development, it's called scaffolding. It's to take them to the next level. Just give them that little bit of help that they can get to the next level them, themselves. And if they're still just at snack preparation, food preparation, preparing a salad or curry or a stir fry, whatever you do at home, if they're there, then they're not going to be ready for the more advanced things in the workshop. So just hold back on that. And if they need guidance on, um, I don't know, using the screwdriver or the pliers or what might be, then and the hammer, then then definitely then definitely give that. It's we want to support them and set them up to succeed. We don't want them to fail. We don't want them to hurt themselves. Obviously, we don't want them to be injured, but also we don't want them to lose confidence in this, and then they'll lose interest. That's a really important part of it as well. Um, and so, does anyone have any questions? about anything before I go any further. Um, I did want to say about impulse control actually. The only other indicator um, as to whether your child is ready for this work, other than your, your fine motor skills that we've already discussed, is their impulse control. Um, Piccolini of course, two going into three-year-olds and even older children. Some children do um, uh, develop impulse control a bit later. So if you, your child is not yet there on impulse control and they are still um, hitting a lot or biting a lot or hair pulling a lot or whatever it is, which is within the normal range of behaviour, I might add, um, they, they're not going to be ready to do this in a social situation. So they're not going to be able to do this when a friend comes over, for example. Or if you have siblings who are doing it, then 
each of them might need to do it at a separate time. You know, if one of them is still in that impulsive stage where they can't um, help but lash out when they're frustrated. You know, they may have all the other skills, but emotionally they might not be as, uh, as yet developed. So it's our job to really guide them in this. It's, as I said before, it's, it's supervision, and, um, but it's for us really to really know our child and observe our child and see where they are so that we can set them up to succeed every time. That's the really, really main thing um, about this type of work. If anyone has any questions, then please do fire away now. Um, I'm just checking that I don't have... Um, the other thing I wanted to say is this is a huge amount of fun and it's so joyful and the amount of um, joy and satisfaction they get from doing this type of physical work and heavy work. Also, Olivia and Harry really like to carry around these planks of wood as well. I forgot that's another thing which is really, really important, this heavy lifting. They'll pick up a plank of wood. I mean, our terrace isn't huge, and they'll walk it to the end of the terrace and bring it back again and then put it down again. It's the whole, the whole of this work is just so immensely satisfying for them, everything about it. Um, and uh, if you can have this, get this scenario where you can have these heavy things to lift and these things, this real, uh, real work that they can really um, master themselves and practice themselves at their own pace, it really is such a such a gift for them. And also, you know, and I mentioned in one of my posts about um, older boys who are more physical. This is uh, yes, I will save it. Yeah, it'll go on my feed. Heartbeat vibes. <laughs> Thank you for asking. Um, for uh, your older boys, and not just older boys, older girls as well, because my daughter is is a very, very high energy. Um, they are going to be more able to um, settle and focus and concentrate on more academic work or reading or um, whatever it is that they need to do later. Or, you know, I don't know, you're going, you've got to go to a doctor's appointment and they're going to have to wait in the waiting room for half an hour. If we can give them half an hour of this really physical work beforehand, you know, they're going to feel um, this sense of contentment. Um, Dr. Montessori talked about this this sort of um, contentment and pleasure and joy that children have in working, and they, they have this utter satisfaction when they've finished a, a piece of work that they've completely immersed themselves in. So, um, again, setting our children up to succeed. Once they've done this really physical work, they're going to be more likely to be able to relax. They're going to be more likely to be able to concentrate or read or wait or you know have a long car journey or whatever it might be so there's there really are such a, a, a myriad of benefits of this type of work and you don't need a lot of space you know even even if you don't have um you know you don't have a garden you don't have a big terrace just one plank of wood that they can hammer nails into and they can saw and they can sand you know and screw um screws in and out of I mean, that's all you need. It doesn't need to be a huge setup. It doesn't need to be a fancy setup. If you've got um, 2,000, uh, <laughs> if you um, ha have got 2,000 dirhams for one of those amazing workbenches that you can get, definitely go and get that. But if you don't, because I didn't have 2,000 dirhams to spend to spend on it, I think how much did I spend in Ace, in Ace Hardware? It was something really bonkers, like. 300 dirham for everything and that was the wood and all the tools I bought five tools in the wood and I had the screws kicking around under the sink um, here at home which I think everyone does doesn't they? I had the, the nails and the screws and what have you and sort of sort of around under the sink um, 
So uh, it doesn't need to be expensive. It doesn't need to be expensive, and the simpler it is, probably the better it is. Um, just set your ground rules and your boundaries around it, and really trust your children. If you've prepared them for it with the other skills, then they're ready for it. Um, how have you taught my littlies to care for each other? Um, in the context of the workshop or the context of everything? Um, if you mean the context of everything, do you know what I've done? Like Band-Aids, Bobo and Ice Pack. Um, do you know, I don't, we haven't ever directly told them to do any of that. I, I don't say he needs this or, or, or he needs that or get this or how do we look after them. It's more of a general um, conversation. Oh, you've hurt yourself. Harry's hurt himself. I wonder if he'd like a glass of water. Let's get an ice pack from the fridge. In a sort of general conversation way, not making them do it, if you see what I mean. Nothing is ever direct and you've got to do this or you've got to do that, unless it's a question of safety. It's, um, it's very, very spontaneous now because we've always done it in an indirect way from the start. It's, ne it's never been forced and we've never done like, I don't know, you know, he's your little brother so you've got to look after him. We've never ever said that. Um, or she's a girl so you need to be gentle with her or anything like that. We don't do anything like that. It's very much, we try to um, show the energy um, and, and imbue who we embody the qualities that we want the children to have and then over time they just get it honestly over time they just get it so if someone's upset I'll say let me get you a tissue and a drink of water because you're crying um, would you like a drink of water I always find a drink of water really helps me if I'm upset um, and then one day magically they do it um, Yes, that's what I would say. I hope that's. I hope I've answered what you wanted me to answer. I hope that makes sense in terms of what you are what you are asking. Um, I think the what I would feel comfortable about uh, uncomfortable about um, sort of trying to make them do it is it makes makes them less likely to want to do it, and it seems forced. It feels more natural for us to just do it as we would to a friend. Like we wouldn't tell a friend to, I don't know, tell to get someone else a plaster or get an ice pack, would we? We would either do it ourselves, we would do it ourselves, right, wouldn't we? We wouldn't expect someone else to do it. It's, um, it's treating them like we would treat a, another adult. Um, yeah, that's, what the, that's the way I would describe it. Does anyone have any more questions for this evening? I don't think so, unless there's a big delay. Thank you so much for joining me this evening. Yes, I'm going to put this on my feed. Um, I'm going to do one of my five-minute parent enrichment sessions on YouTube on this topic this coming weekend. So um, they are my five-minute parent enrichment sessions. So there's going to be a lot more waffle and a lot fewer rabbit holes than there were in this. Um, thanks for bearing with me on the, on the rabbit holes. I do waffle a lot. Um, 
And yeah, it's about 35 minutes, isn't it? 35 minutes of waffling. Thank you so much for joining me this evening and um, follow me on Instagram and Facebook. And I have my first parent enrichment course online coming out in just a couple of weeks, just a few weeks. And go to my website, enrichingenvironments.com. And I will see you all soon for next week's Top Tip Tuesday. If there are any topics you'd like me to cover in Top Tip Tuesday, then please just send me a message and I can cover them for you. I, most of my Top Tip Tuesdays are as a result of follower questions. So please just send me a message and I will answer them for you. Um, any suggested activities for a one-year-old? Um, thank you for your question, Glambox. Um, once your child is walking, their hands are free to work. They need to do real work. So um, that is pouring a glass of water, that is cutting, um, preparing their own snack, that is going to the fridge and choosing their own snack, washing the vegetables, cutting them. Um, that is a dustpan and brush on their shelves. That is a dusting cloth on their shelves. That is a spray bottle of water on their shelves. They need real work and they need us to do it alongside them. So when there's a spill, you take the spray bottle and um, the cloth and you wipe it up with them. And these should be on a dedicated shelf for them in their environment, whatever your environment looks like, whether it's the kitchen or the sitting room or what have you. Um, you there's five basic things that you need. You need um, uh, cloths, basket of cloths, a spray bottle, a dustpan and brush, um, a broom and a mop. So they can do basic household tasks to clean up after themselves and to clean up, not after themselves, to clean up just for the love of it. That's what Piccolini toddlers need to do. So a child between one age of one and three, this is the golden age of cleaning. So they need to do this real work and it needs to be real, not toy. So just take a normal broom, a normal um, uh, mop for, you know, a couple of dollars, 20 dirham, less 10 dirham, 15 dirham if you're in the UAE and cut it down to size. This, how you measure the size, it should be the height of their shoulder. Cut it down to that size and let them sweep. Your dustpan and brush, it should be a normal dustpan and brush. Your cloths, I just use old flannels that I fold and put in a basket that I have. A spray bottle with water in it. Um, <laughs> golden age clean. Washing their own bodies, caring for their bodies. Uh, yeah, washing their own bodies, but they're not going to get it properly until later. But definitely, yeah, totally. Just uh, um, do it with them every night. Have a bath with them every night. I still have a bath with my five and three year old most nights. It's, uh, um, <laughs> I understood what you meant. Um, yes, all of that. In terms of the physical work, they need it out on their, uh, on their shelf. Yeah, if they love having a shower and washing themselves, brilliant. Um, but in terms of the activities you can do in the home all the time, yeah, that. Have a glass of water. Um, don't have any plastic, sorry, glam box, we'll go back to your thing. Um, glass of water. Um, and a tiny little carafe, pitcher, jug of water on the shelf. They need to have glass rather than plastic. Whenever they're whole, and ceramic instead of plastic plates and glass and um, ceramic mugs and glasses and things like that. Um, plastic they're going to throw and it doesn't give them a sense of uh, weight. So when you're giving them ceramic and glass, you role model holding it with two hands and you pass it to them with two hands. You show them how to drink with a glass, from a glass, 
with two hands. It needs to be a very, very small glass. I was going to say mine, but mine's actually, that's too big. Um, with my children, I started when there's shot glasses. There's tiny shot glasses at, say, six months, seven months old. A piccolini, you can start with something a bit, um, a bit bigger. Uh, but the great thing is, is that because there's a weight of it, they're not going to want to throw it. They're going to start self-regulating in terms of, you know, not throwing all over themselves. They are just little by little going to get used to that, the feel of that. They're going to be kept. Young children are really, really careful, really, really careful if we give them the opportunity, if we trust them and we show them what is sharp or what's going to break or what's dangerous. They will be really, really careful. Um, so, yeah, I hope that helps. Thank you so much for joining. Um, Glambox, go to my website and um, look in the section Enriching Environments for Piccolini. That will give you loads of information about, uh, about Piccolini and what you, can, um, what you can do with them. But less is more, your household activities. And you can have one toy for free play, like some simple wooden blocks or something like that. Sorry, this fly is really bothering me. Um, uh, one simple toy for uh, creative play. Um, just to throw something else controversial in for you, Glambox, if I'm giving you massive o information overload. If you have any plastic toys, you want to remove them completely because um, plastic isn't a very satisfying material for a, for a child to play with. So give them real work instead. Um, yeah, I think that's everything. <laughs> Thank you so much. I think Glambox, you're following me, aren't you? Yeah. Um, Thank you so much for joining this evening. I will, this will go on my feed and I will see you all next week. Take care. Bye bye. Thank you so much.